Yes, my friends, and welcome to the John Mahon Show, but it's a podcast. What? You heard it here first, my friends. So we have been doing the John Mahon Show since May, and stupidly, I didn't think to podcast it. So my name's John Mahon, and this is the show that I've been doing with Ollie of Forever Loud. That is me. Hello. Welcome to the podcast, the John John Mahodcast. John Mahodcast. Shall we call it? (laughs) John Mahodcast. John on Mahod. John on Mahod. Yeah. Yeah, I've got with the times. Yeah. Not that it's like, podcast has been going for fucking 10 years. Well, over that. Ever since, was it RSS feeds have been a thing pretty much? Yeah. Yeah. Ever since iTunes, the early days of iTunes. Podcasts have been infecting people's ears <laughs> yeah. left, right, and centre. And now, I know what you've been asking for, another couple of white dudes with a podcast. <laughs> and here we are. Surprise! Oh, ask and thou shalt receive. So, Ollie is the man behind Forever Loud, the website where you can get all of the music news that you need at your fingertips. You can indeed. Forever-loud.com for all your... Alternative music and culture needs, like John just said. Hell yeah. <laughs> and just a little bit of background on Ollie. Ollie isn't just the man behind a website. Ollie was the man behind Scuzz TV as well. Yeah. For the, well, I mean, I, I steered the ship and then we sank. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't sink the ship. I didn't sink the ship. The sink was ship. <laughs> the sink was shipping. The ship was sank by the iceberg that is corporate tv <laughs> companies <laughs> but, uh yeah no and that's pretty much how i met you john it is indeed we talk about it at some point on the on the pod we do i think we talk about it in episode one of the show which you are just about to hear and in order to set the scene for this podcast we're gonna have to take you back to the dewy pastures of the beginning of may it's gonna be may well, it was May at the time. It was May at the time. And it is May. May, <laughs> May we enlighten you <laughs> with where the world was at at the time. So back then, Twitter was still called Twitter. And the world was a slightly better place for it. And joining us on that episode of the John Mahon Show, for our first ever episode, our first ever live guest, joined us from the United States of America. Yeah. Live from New York City. Was Raul Reynolds from Enter Shikari from St. Albans? Yeah. In first, well, I guess technically international guest. It was our first ever international yeah. guest with someone who we see around uh, venues in the UK all the time. And then our second international guest on the same show came all the way from Glasgow or nearabouts. Is that where Vicovia from? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's around the Glasgow area, but it's yeah. they're from somewhere, some little town somewhere. I never knew that for some reason. But yeah, Janine from Vicovi joined us as our second ever guest. And to set some context for both those interviews, so this is pre-Slam Dunk Festival. This is just after A Kiss for the Whole World reached number one and gave Enter Shikari their first ever UK number one album. Vicovi, as we'll mention in the interview, were nominated for five heavy music awards and they were playing at the heavy music awards as well and they were opening up the main stage of slam dunk in which shikari were headlining did i cover everything yeah yeah 
So we talk all about that as if it's in the future because it was at the time. So. It was at the time. And you get it. You get the yeah, concept you under, of time. You understand. And then what we're going to try and do as well is we're going to try and give you as much audio as we can from us reacting to songs. Because a big part of what we do on the John Mahon show is we react to the latest and greatest releases. It's because we love being taken down by copyright claims. Yep. We love being demonetized. It's our favorite thing. Well, we've never really been monetized. So. We haven't, no. We still haven't hit the uh, the requirements. But we're on the way. Hey, it's a grower, not a shower. Exactly. So, yeah, we we do a reaction in this one of Lost by Bringing the Horizon. Do you remember when we, we did Was that? Was that on the first episode? That's the first Bloody episode. Hell. Yeah, that's how, that's how long we've been doing this Bloody show. Bloody hell. Yeah, so we've had to obviously splice the audio of the song out of it. So you just get us talking about the you tune. Get the worst parts of the of a reaction. <laughs> just us speaking. But in order for you to get the full meat and two veg of the reaction head over to the john mahon show youtube channel where you can watch all of our reactions to not just lost but what else you've done electric call yeah. boy their cover cascada last resort Did, uh, reverse the old mgk my yep. favorite my favorite yep uh, that I, I don't know if that's this episode or the next one but yeah you'll you'll come to learn that ollie's a big mgk fan look forward to that Hell yeah. Well, my friends, let's get into it. This is episode one of the John Mahon Show. Yes, my friends, and welcome to the debut episode of the John Mahon Show. Thank you ever so much for joining us today. And in the studio, of course, my name's John Mahon, and sat next to me is my brother in crime, Mr. Oliver Rout. How are you, sir? Good, thanks, John. Brother in crime, brother in rhyme. <laughs> live, first time ever. Yeah, we are. And this has been a long time in the making. Behind the scenes over the last couple of months, Ollie and myself have been sat in this room, figuring stuff out, trying to not let technology get the better of us. Mostly trying to figure out how these lights behind us will stay standing up. For the whole time. <laughs> if only you knew. If only you knew. What was going were, on behind these were attached to the floor. <laughs> Well, hopefully this is all working and we've managed to get everything in line and in check. Honestly, I, my, my background's in TV, but I've never done live, so it's all, all brand new. It's to all me. brand new to us. Well, a little bit. We're figuring out as we go along and you're here for the journey. So thank you for watching us. Hell yeah. We really appreciate it. And a little bit about ourselves. So as Ollie mentioned, we'll start with Ollie. Ollie, what is your background? You've had a lot of years well, in television production. Yeah, because you might be watching this. You might be thinking, who is who are these people? I don't know what, like, why would you tune in? But um, I'm Ollie. You know John Mahon from the stuff. The stuff. <laughs> so I met John probably about 10 years ago. It's been I'm, about I'd a decade. say 2014. Cast your mind back, John. 2014, mm. imagine us. Young little whippersnappers. I just uh, started at Scuds TV. If anyone remembers Scuzz, shout out Scuzz. Oh, RIP Scuzz. Um, and I sort of joined the industry. I didn't really have any mates, so I sort of went to loads of events. I was like trying to, you know, like chin wag, just like get to know people. And John was one of the first people I ran into in a in a bar. 
in London. I think it was the Black Heart, actually. Shout out the Black Heart. And then, uh, yeah, we just became friends, hit it off straight away. Yeah, we did. And then fast forward a year, we were looking for a new presenter for Scuzz for Download Festival. And I was like, Joe would be really good. That John Mahon guy. My boy, my boy put my name forward. And that was a hell of a weekend at Download Festival. It was a very fun weekend in terms of some of the content we got to create. We did like a little thing called John's Download Diary. Yep, got... This is, I felt, I still feel kind of bad for that because we, we didn't really tell you what we were doing. We were just like, John, are you, are you up for just going around downloading and see, seeing what we can get you involved in? So we got, what did we do? We got, I, got, uh, I got married at an inflatable chapel to a ginger man with a massive beard wearing a wedding dress. Not a wedding dress, a wedding dress. Yeah. And... But oh. none of this was planned. None just, of it was we planned. We just sort of turned up. We were like, oh, can we do this with John? And everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> the gnarliest one was the mechanical bull. I got on this mechanical bull to like intro something. It was like a little cutaway link that we were doing. And I sat on this bull and then they started it up. And I was trying to ride it and obviously got flung off within seconds. But as I got flung off, the bull's horn, like slow motion, grazed past the side of my face. And I was like, that was nearly an eye. Our HR department were like, oh, God. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I don't think you ever signed anything, did you? I didn't, no. Yeah. Would have got away with it. Bit of advice for you there, you young whippersnapper journalists. Also, make sure you sign anything before you get on a mechanical bull. <laughs> Specifically a mechanical bull. Specifically the mechanical bull. We have got such an insane first show lined up for you today. I have indeed. It is eclectic, to say the least. So, joining us as our first ever live guest in about 25 minutes, fresh off the back of the band scoring their first ever UK number one album with a kiss for the whole world, Rao Reynolds from Enter Shikari will be our first ever live guest on the show, which is huge, which is huge. It is absolutely massive considering the band are about to headline Slam Dunk Festival at the end of this month. And speaking of Slammy D, a band that are going to be one of the first on the main stage for that weekend of a Covey. And Janine is going to be joining us on the show I in our I bloody team. love that band. What a fucking band. If you haven't, if, you, if, if you've uh, never heard of a Covey, like, um, which rock are you, have you been living under? But also, they are one of the UK's best, like, rock bands. Hell yeah. Uh, they've been around, they've been going for so long now, and I've always backed them. I've always been, like, a big fan. But it's like, it seems now they're starting to get the... Get the respect they deserve. I well, think. speaking of Scuzz TV, the first time I met Janine and Hamish was during an interview piece at 2000 Trees oh, yeah. that we did with Scuzz TV. Well, do you know what? One of, I might, I'll tell her this later, but one of my favorite moments, we did a takeover with them, her and Hamish, and like the outtake reel from that from that shoot was amazing. It's it's it must be somewhere on a hard drive at Sony, but like I wish I had it. It's just so many swears, so many. Just, <laughs> An eclectic vocabulary. Yeah, have you ever seen Vokobi Live? Janine has quite a, a motor mouth. She's quite, she's a lot of effing, effing and jeffing, isn't she? Well, well thank I mean, fuck this show's on the internet then, because you can oh, swear yeah. all you want, my friends. We can effing say this and effing that. <laughs> yeah, we can. F yeah. <laughs> Although if this is going on YouTube, we want to monetize it at some point. Not right now, but in the future. Might we'll have to tone the language keep down. the fucks to a minute <laughs> but my friends hopefully if this works this is our first time going live with a guest it is indeed we are about to introduce to you 
the lead singer of a band that recently scored their first ever UK number one album with a kiss for the whole world. A band that are going to be headlining Slam Dunk Festival 2023. My friends, please welcome to the show our first ever live guest, Mr. <laughs> Raul Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> There he is. How you doing? Oh, hello, go. mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you guys? Very good indeed. Is, Join... this, is this all working? This is a very uh, stressful day for us because this is our first ever live stream. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, I mean, it all seems pretty slick to me. As yeah, long I as can you can hear you, us. I can hear you. What <laughs> more can I ask? Perfect. Phenomenal. And Rao, I do believe you are joining us live from New York City. We are. Yeah, yeah. Here I am. It's an incredibly sunny day here. Um, yeah, in the Big Apple. You seen any, seen any Big Apples while you've been there? <laughs> they're all massive here they're obnoxiously big here like, eating like an apple in america is like undertaking a serious mission <laughs> it's like when you order small and it's just like it's like extra large over here everything's just bigger in it yeah it is it's yeah <laughs> it's a feat it's an achievement if you manage to uh, do a whole apple in one sitting well, thank you for joining us from the biggest of apples, my friend. And speaking of big, the biggest achievement recently for you and your band and your entire team, scoring your first ever UK number one album with a kiss for the whole world. And I think I join a lot of Shikari fans in saying this is such a beautiful body of work. My first question to you is actually about the day you found out, where were you when you got the news that you'd done it? Your your album was UK number one. We were in Heathrow. Um, we were about an hour and a half away from getting on our flight here. So it was the weirdest experience. It was like complete uh, euphoria for like an hour and then like rushed to get on our flight literally for last call we were last people on the plane um because we had to tear ourselves away from like some of our team came to the airport basically and we had some champagne and yeah just kind of reveled in it for an hour and then got flown out here where no one gives a flying shit <laughs> and uh and that's it <laughs> and that was the uh all the celebrating we really got to do since then we've been um yeah doing some little uh underplay shows out here and a load of press so um, I'm I'm sort of looking forward to getting back home and like meeting up with everyone and and I think it will only be then that it like really you know sets in. What I found was so good is like it seemed like because it was it was quite close between for the number one spot. I feel like this sort of community will all like rally together to try and get you that number one spot because it's like for me it's like historically number ones have been reserved for like pop artists or like big the big major label people but it's like when one of our one of our own gets so close to the, to the top we all like gather behind it try and get them there it's, i think it happened with like architects a few years ago where everyone it seemed like a yeah. big push just to get them there because it's like it's like a, it's like infiltrating the <laughs> the elite it is like and we felt that we really felt that like i can remember the last few days especially you know like it was just like scrolling on twitter and you know all the like alternative mags and you know organizations and and blogs and vlogs and like everyone was just like you know supporting and it was it was really quite like quite touching for us we were like oh my god we like seem to have been able to like unite the whole scene in, yeah. in some way um, it's, it's it's a weird but, thing because you don't really 
like I, I know you probably feel the same. It's like it's a weird thing putting like ordering like an like music. It's like saying one one thing's better than the other because it's sold more, which is a weird thing in general. But I think it's just nice to see like something from our side of the world get get to there, because a lot of bands don't even see anywhere near the top forty really. Yeah, I, I've gone through every possible um way of thinking about the charts you know like as you say in in one aspect it's uh as a concept it's just ridiculous like as as a philosophy you know art shouldn't obviously it's just cliche to even say this but like shouldn't be ordered um and then you know i I guess the way that you think about it once you (laughs) you start to get in with the chance at these things is that it's it is a way of showcasing our world to the broader world yeah. and i think our world can often be and, and i'm speaking in, the, in quite a broad sense you know the alternative scene like metal hardcore punk everything um it can often be quite siloed and it can be almost like ghettoized you know where like the mainstream kind of looks down on it or like it does isn't deemed worthy or anything so it's it's great when you know there are these successes where people manage to raise their head above the 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 kind of underground if you like um in in real mainstream terms and and sort of slam your fist down and go no we are here we are like worthy of this spot we we've got something to say and yeah it it, it feels good um and especially because we're a you know it's not it's not just alternative music it's 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 very diverse music it's not easy to get into yeah and we're 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 the only independent release in the top 15 um so, so for an independent label to get number one these days is is that that's a feat in itself um hell yeah so yeah we, we were overjoyed that's what I was going to say was this was a massive dub in the column for independence and showing the music industry that, hey, you don't need that major label. You don't need all of these fancy campaigns. What you actually need is a team of people who are operating like a family and a fan base who are so supportive and just so dedicated to seeing a band that they form this affinity with over the years doing well. And it feels like before this record dropped, you almost rewarded those hardcore fans with the residency tour, which I love the idea of. I think that was such a genius concept, picking the same venues in the same cities, going back there over the course of, I think it was three months, wasn't it? And mm. and dedicating different set lists, different songs, different moments from your band's career that maybe there's one song that a niche crowd really, really like. That's the time for them to go and hear it. Where did the idea for the residency tour come about? Because for me, it's genius and something that I hope more bands take inspiration from. We just, first of all, we just wanted to do something different. And it's hard to do anything different in the sort of live arena these days. Um but yeah, we had this idea of kind of, it's kind of a nostalgic thing where we used to play tours pretty much consistently up and down the UK. We'd finish one tour, we'd be straight out on another, either, you know, supporting some other band or some kind of different bill. And so we would be sometimes in the same city four weeks later, sometimes in this very same venue four weeks later. Um, and we thought we'd quite like to, to live that life again, where you almost feel like a local band to these cities that you're just returning and returning. Um, And then even in a more sort of psychological way, we thought it'd be interesting to go back to these venues like three times in a short space of time and just see what 
was different. You know, see how the shows evolved. And obviously we changed the set list slightly, but like other than that, there wasn't a great deal of like anything that we put in to make it consciously different. So it's just interesting when, you, you know, each night there's a slightly different vibe, you know, one song hits in a different way and there's, you know, the atmosphere evolves. So it was just a, a kind of interesting experiment as well, I think. Mate, it was System into Meltdown for me. The the acapella mm. intro of System, just like watching you like full Shakespeare mode, like delivering like a bard <laughs> with a spotlight on you. Like, and... What blew my mind as well is obviously that song from A Flash With A Colour. It's been out for years. I haven't seen you have that one in the set list for a while. And when you started pointing the finger up and saying, there is a house, there is a house, everyone in the room, every single word was screaming it at the top of their lungs. Like, what's it like having those songs that now do have a couple of years behind them in your catalogue, still getting that just so heartwarming reception live? It's amazing, man. The, you know, that is, for me, the two of the best feelings in the world are like when you're in sync with an audience, you know, very like, like consciously um, and, and they're echoing the, the same like passion um, that, that you're putting out. Like that, that's one of the best. And the, the other one being the, the, the thrill of just writing music. I love that as well. So it's, yeah, it was um, for those songs to still seemingly be as uh provocative um and evocative uh as, the, as they ever were it's yeah it's amazing hell yeah and I, I keep saying it man like in the future i really do hope your words are studied like poetry in the same way that we were taught about poets in school because some of the some of the way with words that you have like intertwining rhymes with like either political messages or like motivational messages or just messages of inspiration. Like it's such one of one behavior to see like from a frontman. So honestly, on behalf of the whole Shikari family, just want to say a massive thank you. And also when did Shikari fans start Seven Nation Armying your band name? Yeah, I noticed that. We went to the, uh, well, the hunting gig and that was the thing. I was like, yeah, that came out of nowhere. Oh, it's yeah. it's been a few years i think yeah like, i remember when they were doing it to jeremy corbyn yeah. i think it was about the same time that basically people just used yeah seven nation army for, for everything <laughs> as a chance if, so, it, if uh, it has enough yeah. syllables in that it can work <laughs> i guess a good name yeah a lot, but name's a bit longer it doesn't really work yeah it? or maybe you're just the new jeremy corbyn mate <laughs> christ <laughs> <laughs> Well, before we move on from A Kiss of the Whole World, I actually wanted to ask you, because this record is so diverse in terms of its tracks, I mean, like the singles for me are some of the best singles you've ever released as a band, like It Hurts and Bloodshot, like the start of the synth and Bloodshot feels like something straight out the back of like, you know, like Darude Sandstorm or like a Faithless track. But I wanted to know in terms of like your sort of deeper cuts away from the singles, what are some of your favorite moments on this record as the singer songwriter behind them? Oh mate, I, it's so hard to like single ones <laughs> out. Like, I mean, it se it seems to be interesting. Like in the signings that we did um, during the release week, um, Jailbreak seemed to be coming out as like a one like that people that like, kept mentioning like, oh, are you gonna play that soon? Um, and that for me is an incredibly emotional song, um, and it was one that I didn't have to fight for, but like I don't think I got my original intention out in the demo. So I was like playing it to the rest of the guys. I remember being a student, I was like, no, I, I really, 
think this is a contender but like it has to be on the album um and it took a while to get it right but um yeah that that one i i can't wait to play live just because it's going to be such a release you know that the the, the song is about how that as human beings we we can often think of ourselves as as like fixed entities and therefore it's so hard to progress or if there's something you you know you don't like about yourself you can't really change it and it's um it's a song that well you know jailbreak you know breaking out of those like yeah um those formations of, of you know patterns of thought um that you can sometimes just repeat to yourself so much that you begin to believe them and you believe you can't change and it's um yeah so it's hopefully like a really emboldening track um and then i suppose also i mean i yeah i can't wait to play all of them live um if i'm honest but uh, oh, i yeah. think as well I've been, we were in Japan the other the other week, the other month, of course, I don't know. It's a whirlwind at the moment. We were in Japan recently um, and it was, it was, this was just before the album came out and it was the first time I'd listened to it in like two months. So it felt like kind of fresh. And I was walking back through Tokyo about 2 a.m., you know, sleep deprived, jet lag. Um, and um, yeah, Giant Pacific Octopus, I don't know, know you anymore. Uh, that track as well, just like, really hit me and that seems to be going down really well with, with the fans backdrop of, um, the backdrop of tokyo as well along to that song must have been like yeah yeah <laughs> i mean anything listening to anything in, the, in that yeah. backdrop is gonna be like euphoric but um yeah hell That's yeah great. i was gonna ask um with in terms of like when you're making songs you, you have such a range of like electronic stuff going on do you use a lot of analog equipment or are you very much in the box like plugins and stuff do you experiment with like all the all different simps and midis all that stuff all that jazz yeah i i try and not have a a set way of of doing things now, of course there's like synths that i'll go back to um i mean for us um massive and uh serum are two that, that we use which are in the box software wise but but when we did the spark i think that's when we really started to expand our world in terms of hardware um, I, I've always been quite uh, loyal to, to Korg and, and used a lot of their sequences and keyboards over the years, but um, we were exposed to a lot of retro, um, you know, like 1980s yeah. um, stuff when we were recording that. And so now I have a few bits and pieces that I like to use hardware-wise. Um, but I, yeah, I don't like to get like I guess it gets tricky when you have to transfer it to live as well. If you have all this like analog sound and that you like have to recreate that live where it's. Yeah, exactly. You end up making a lot of work for yourself, having to recreate all the different sounds on, on, you know, via MIDI, um, either that or shipping, uh, your, your full hardware synth collection yeah. around the world, which <laughs> is not economically viable. Um, but yeah, I try not to get like, too comfortable like set in my ways in, in terms of like finding sounds because it i always find the best things happen when i feel a bit lost well that's what when i'm like a like, bit out of my depth so it seems like every album you come out with these new like soundings like new simple. donks yeah because i'm like how like from like the first album when it was very much the sort of like classic i don't know edm simps or whatever I'd, but from then to now i think like you've had a really good progression of just like experimenting with different sounds or yeah like... a good few baseline kind of sounds yeah. on this new album like that sort of like modern wave of like jaws and like the uk baseline scene with 
like dark sea and people like that like those mm. those sort of like offensive in your face like oh kind of sense like it seems like you took those kinds of sounds but then like produced them to fit perfectly within the guitars like especially like on the opening track like i kiss the whole world like when that when that first little like drop comes in like it, I, love, the, I love that oh, such a great opener <laughs> sick thank you um yeah it, it, it's just all about um experimentation for me because that's that's when it's exciting like if you're using the same synths you know the same sounds over and over again you're not you're not going to feel inspired um uh, yeah so it's good to be always on the sort of the edge of your comfort zone or y your knowledge you know um and it's there's moments where you feel a bit a bit lost where you're not thinking about what you're playing you're not going through the motions um it all feels a bit new and that's when it just yeah feels authentically exciting Hell yeah. And the benefit of this show being live as well is we're getting comments in already and Charis just said, so excited to see Sh uh, Shikari at Slam Dunk. They're the best live band I've ever seen. And I think there's a lot of people who echo that statement. Tasman says, Jailbreak is a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. So, her words. Oh, thank you. Lovely people. <laughs> and speaking, speaking of live shows, I was fortunate enough to go three for three on your residency takeover tour. And I know we're all focused on new music and you're going to be so sick of this question. But one of the biggest pops you're getting live at the moment is this drum and bass remix of Sorry You're Not A Winner, especially with the way those lasers drop on that drop. Like, it is filth. And I've heard you in interviews say, like, obviously, you know, Kiss The Whole World has been, like, your main focus. And with this happening over the summer, it kind of, like, it was just more of, a, like, a live treat than anything else. And I know you've said that there's no plans to drop the actual physical release, but I think at some point, with how much people are enjoying it, at some point, someone's going to complain enough to be like, hey, I need this in my Spotify playlist. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we, it's... Um... I don't really know what's happened. Like we've, uh, I've been t talking to, to Pendulum for a while and um, every time they were sort of ready to go, we were like too busy. And every time they were ready to go, uh, yeah, they were too busy. Um, I don't know. At the moment, there's no plans for it to be released. Uh, we'd be up for it. And what we've gone and done for the quick fire round now is basically remix their, their remix of it yeah well, when, when he dropped it when they played um there he is there he is yeah we're back, yeah, we're back in the room <laughs> the beauty of live <laughs> yeah. i was just like yeah i've had enough yeah <laughs> he asked about the pendulum remix that's yeah, it i'm, I'm done <laughs> i specifically told them not to ask them. <laughs> but i've you dropped it at reading i've watched that live video back so many times it's just incredible i think because no one was really expecting it because it was a surprise set yeah, yeah. Pendulum anyway so when you came out everyone was double like, surprise yeah and was like what the fuck it was a lot of fun yeah it, it was like it was it's weird really that we've never really well we certainly never toured together but we haven't played that many like festivals together or when we have we've been on separate days and haven't been able to hang out much um reading like, 2010, for a reading, while. reading 2010 was one it was you into them i do remember that y yes Oh wow! Yeah. The memory, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was probably one of the only times. So like, it was just really nice to hang out with them, and um, yeah, I mean the track, yeah, obviously it's just a banger. Yeah, um, it is. And I, I remember when um they got in touch, and I was like, oh wow, what have they done to this? How have they like, yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's sick. But yeah, ho hopefully there'll be 
it'll happen at some point but you know they're just embarking at the beginning of their new campaign and everything so everything's wild at the moment but i think what i'd like to do more than anything is like actually do a new tune with them like to <sighs> coll collaborate on something new um so yeah that would be my my goal yeah i'm not ready <laughs> I'm going to need like <laughs> two months warning before that job's just like a mental prepare <laughs> for what my ears about to receive. Well, for the time being, I'm more than happy for the Sorry You're Not a Rinner Pendulum remix to be a cheeky little live treat because it sounds so good in that quick fire round. Yeah, man. Oh, it's a joy. <laughs> it's uh, interesting playing it out here because like drum and bass isn't, it doesn't have the history mm. um, that, you know, that we have with it in the UK. Um but I think there's a lot of people like, wait, they're playing sorry or not, but it's like, oh yeah, it's, it it's like weird. It sounds slower. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, speaking of live shows, Rao, you are one of the only bands I do believe that have been invited to headline Slam Dunk Festival twice in the festival's history. I don't think, I don't think there's another repeat headliner at Slam Dunk. Uh, no. So I, th I, th okay. I think I think this is a first time. Your first time at Slam Dunk Festival headliner was 2017. That was the t 10 year, 10 year. Yeah, ten take, year take to the sky 10 year anniversary. I was going to yeah. say 20 years, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so going into this year's Slam Dunk Festival, obviously with a new record under your belt as well. In terms of the Shikari production, I'm guessing like production plans have all been sorted and and set list is all lined up and that kind of stuff. Well, you'd think. <laughs> it's only twenty. It's only twenty days away. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so, in 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 terms of the new material, I mean, like, are there? You mentioned Jailbreak. Is that one that we're potentially going to be hearing at Slam Dunk? Do you reckon? I don't know. Like, we're it's basically all we're thinking about at the moment. Um, it's it's going to be our most ambitious set ever. You know, it was a, it'll be a completely new production setup, com completely new show. Um, but in terms of what other tracks we're going to play off the new album, I'm not sure. We might save like the deeper cuts for uh, the tour. Yeah. Um, like the thing is, like the singles are like going down so well, and they're such a joy to play. Um, and there's four of them. So once you go over that, the 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 sets becomes like quite quite saturated with new yeah. stuff, and like we definitely want to make it seem, you know, varied, and we want to like at least have a, a, a one track from every album. It just, set lists are just the worst these days. You know, like <laughs> picking a set list when you've got seven albums, yeah. it's so difficult. Um, so there'll be a few more fights yet before we settle on something. I'm excited. You can't please everyone. There's yeah. always going to be people like, oh, why didn't you play so-and-so? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was just stoked to see sure. Zonks back in the set list on, on the residency oh, yeah. tour. That went down like an absolute treat. Well, <laughs> speaking of that weekend, you're also nominated for two Heavy Music Awards, which is an evening that you've attended a good few times in the past. You are nominated for Best UK Live Artist and Best Single as well with The Void Stares Back. And with Slam Dunk Weekend being the same weekend, are you going to have time to like quickly nip to do an award show? Or is it going to be all focused on Slammy D? Um, hopefully, yeah. We're getting, we'll be in um, production rehearsals. So... If all goes well, we'll sneak away early and leave everyone else to pack everything down. Um, and, and yeah, head to the 
award ceremony. But I mean, I'll have to be on my best behavior because. I can't be waking up after a skin oh, yeah. ball on the, on the day of slam dunk. No G&Ts. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, it'll be a wicked night. Where, but it's, um, where, where is it this year? It's Wembley. It's gone up Wembley. again, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's nuts. Um, so yeah, I'm sure that'll be a, a fun night. Hell yeah. Shout out HMAs. Yeah. Well, Raul, thank you ever so much for your time today, my friend. We really do appreciate it. our first ever live guest on the show. And like, we can't thank you enough, especially considering you're in New York City. Our, at the first, moment. our first international no. guest. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's technically. Absolute pleasure. No, thank you for having me. My friends, Raul Reynolds from Enter Shikari. Cheers, Raul. Have a good day. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Take care. Oh. That was absolutely wonderful. First interview on the show, done and dusted. Yeah. What a, what a lovely man he is. I've, I remember like just being at like a festival or a gig and like just looking around and in the crowd is like Raul's there. He, just, he loves to just go to places as like a fan of stuff. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, oh, that's Raul. Yeah. Just even though he's in like one of the biggest bands in the UK. Yeah. It's just like he just turns up. Just hanging out, having hanging a good out. time. And... I am very excited about the fact that anytime Enter Shikari say brand new show, like anytime those words go out of their mouth, you know they're going to do something special. You know that you're in for an absolute treat. Well, should we get on to some news? But we found out. News, 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 news. <laughs> for the time being, Ollie's just going to be our effects board. I'm just going to press him. Like. News, news, news. <laughs> so. Our first story, we weren't planning on this being the first story. Our first story, we're actually going to talk about downloading Slam Dunk Selling Out, which we will do in just a second. But before we went live for our first show today, we were hit with the incredibly sad news that after 27 years soundtracking various different stages of our lives since the year 1996, some 41 have been a mainstay in the alternative scene and they took to their social media platforms earlier to say being in some 41 since 1996 brought some of the best moments of our lives we are forever grateful to our fans both old and new who have supported us in every way it is hard to articulate the love and respect we have for uh for all of you and we wanted you to hear this from us first by the way i'm dyslexic so if i ever botch reading anything blame it on that but the statement continues to say some 41 will be disbanding we will still be finishing all of our current upcoming tour dates this year and we're looking forward to releasing our final album heaven x hell or heaven times hell i guess that is along with a final worldwide headline tour to celebrate details will be announced as soon as we have them for now we're looking forward to seeing all of you scum fucks on the road and are excited for what the future will bring for each of us thank you for the last 27 years of some 41 man this hurts this is heartbreaking man i'd say some 41 were one of the first along with like bands like lincoln park and like blink and they were one of the first that get me into like pop punk and that hell yeah well it just it was just like that when all killer no filler came out what was that 2000 2001 all killer no filler has its birthday today 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 was its birthday 2003 is that what you're saying no Surely it was, no, it was pre-2003, surely. I think it was 03. I think it was 20 years but anyway, today. when that album came out, out, I remember being just like a little teenager and being like, this album, this is like... What year are you saying? 
741, all killer, no filler. I'm saying 2001. 2001. Ding, 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 sir. Mm -hmm. Try this man on rock music trivia. But I, I remember buying the CD, which, um, and for those who are aware, if you're <laughs> back in the day, we used to buy CDs to put in a CD drive. A CD, <laughs> a CD, CD player. player, player, player. And uh, yeah, I used to play it in the kitchen, in the car, just anywhere I had access to a CD player. That was like the soundtrack. Soundtrack to many journeys in the car with my parents on holiday. Well, pop punk was pretty much the first genre of alternative music that I fell in love with. And I've talked about this multiple times in the past before. My journey into rock music began wholeheartedly with Busted. I picked up guitar-based music courtesy of Busted's debut album. And then the journey from that was basically a progression into what influenced Busted. So watching interviews with them, hearing them talking about Green Day and how much of an influence Green Day was. So because of that, obviously Green Day are then like branching out into, you know, you're bowling for soups, you're 741s, you're Blink 182s. And but the, at that time, like some point you won to me anyway, were one of, they became one of the biggest bands on the planet. Yeah. Like them, Good Charlotte, like Blink, they were all like in the charts or like they were, I'm pretty sure like everyone around that time, it was like the new metal thing. Like everyone knew who Sum 41 was. Everyone, everyone's heard Fat Lip. Yep. Regardless of who you are in the world. Just because I like alternative music doesn't want to, <laughs> want to hear Fat Lip on Sum 41 at every old club. That's how big they became. <laughs> they became a meme 20 years later yeah. about being overplayed. But I'm still not sick of that song. If that comes on in a club, I don't care. Oh, dude, it's a beautiful song to mix. Beautiful song. That riff is just straight up energy. And for me, like the... I still don't know the exact lyrics, but I just make them up as they go along. <laughs> yeah, everything after strolling through the party like my name is El Nino is an absolute mystery. A couple of beers deep. But the the real sad part for me within all of this is the fact that I felt like some 41 we're amidst a bit of a resurgence, like headlining Slam Dunk Festival last year. Was it? Was it last year? Was it the year before? Yes, it was last year. Was it last year? I saw Brown Sound in the uh, guest area, and I wanted to take a picture, but I, I couldn't build up the go the courage to do it. <laughs> Never be intimidated to ask people for photos, my friends, unless they're like, you know, I think Dave Grohl's always been really open and honest about the fact that like, if he's with his kid, maybe don't like- If he's with his kid, like, just-, just Go, get out of here, kid. Yeah, just let let, let a parent off. be a parent. Fuck off, kid. I'm <laughs> trying to get a picture with your dad. But other Teaching than that, I, I, always, I always think that, you know, people should find that kind of stuff in, endearing if someone has the confidence to come and say, hey, you've really inspired me. Yeah, as me. long as you're not a dick. Don't yeah, be a dick. Don't be a dick about it. Don't like start grabbing people. Oh, give me a photo. I mean, it's never happened to me, but you've had it a few times, haven't you? Being, being honest Sometimes with John Mahon will be out at a gig and people will be like, Oh, you John Mahon. It's it sound like that. It's it's. <laughs> Can I get a photo, please? And John's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Not in the slightest. I'm always up for it. It's it's a very humbling experience. <laughs> it like it's it's always nice to know that people are. Who are you? Yeah, you know who I am. Fans of the craft. Yeah. But as far as some forty one are concerned, man, I think this is a real sad day for just pop punk and alternative music in general. It's never nice to see a band deciding to go, hey, do you know what? We've, but, had, we, we've I mean, had our fill, but... To be honest, they've had a good a good run. Hell of a run. Hell of a run. And, like, they've they've shaped a lot of, like, people's music, like mine included, people's music. So they've shaped, like, popular culture in a way. 
Yeah, they like if if you wanted to if you started off in a band and did half as much as what some forty one have done, you'd probably be happy. Yeah, you'd be like, cool. That that's a very satisfying career. So yeah, best of luck to some forty one. Hopefully, this isn't the end of them musically. Maybe they want to venture out and do different projects, but. Just on behalf of, any, of anyone who's ever been a fan of Sun 41, just want to say thank you ever so much for your services to alternative music. And, oh, go on then. Let's, let's Con- talk. Connie says she's the person that will go up to her friends or go up to someone and ask for, ask for a photo. So good on you. Sick. People need friends like that just in case, you know, they need you know an what? icebreaker. Yeah, like I, there's plenty of times I've met people in the past and I'm like, oh, I should have got a photo. I've done it for friends before. A friend of mine actually wanted to get a photo with the man who's going to be joining us as our first live guest at Reading Festival. Uh, A buddy of mine wanted to get a photo with Rao, but like was genuinely like, I can't talk to him. Like I'm that starstruck because this this man has written so many songs that like it's like I I don't think I'll be able to say anything. And I was like, yeah, no worries, man. I'll go up and break the ice. Just went up and said, excuse me, sorry to interrupt. Could we get a photo? For the most part, from my experience, most of my like favorite musicians or people that i've met are just nice people yeah there's been some exceptions where they've turned out to be dicks (laughs) (laughs) but for the most part everyone they're all just like normal they're just people just living their life and they happen to have written some good songs that you like so like i don't know i feel like yeah 90 90 of the people like I've spoken to really nice. Oh yeah. And I sometimes find as well, you know how you said sometimes you come across, you know, people your fans off and they maybe haven't been the best on that day. I think especially in our line of work sometimes, you know, when we're there, we got an interview oh, yeah. booked in and someone's got to turn up, take time out of their day, have a conversation when, you know, everyone's a human being at the end of the day. Sometimes people are having off days and if someone's then got to go and, you know, sit in a room full of people, be on camera or be on microphone, be on record, it's it's a lot, especially on a day where you maybe feel like you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. It's, it's it's quite a lot to deal with. So we've had it when it's like we've been the last <laughs> the last interview of the, of the day, and it's like you can tell they've just answered the same question yeah. all day. And it's like, oh. what inspired you to start making music? Where did you get your band name from? Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, but my friends. If some 41 do announce anything over in the United Kingdom, I don't think I need to say this. They're still playing. Yeah, they're going to honor some festivals. And they said in the statement as well, that headline tour to celebrate, which I'm guessing will be an announcement down the line. They're still doing Slam Dunk Italy. All you need to know is that if you did miss anything from today's stream, you will be able to watch it on the John Mahon Show YouTube channel. Make sure you are subscribed and your notifications are turned on so you never miss us when we go live. Because if you do miss the live stream, you might miss out on some pretty cool shit. Some cool shit like Ralph Reynolds joining us in our one to talk about their brand new record, A Kiss for the Whole World. And joining us in our two of today's show i don't know if she's there because uh i heard a little uh little cough i heard a cough just then (laughs) which which does show signs of life coming it was it came from a a female sounding voice it did it was a scottish sounding cough i don't think it was me or you and it almost sounded like it had a swear word in it and i don't know how you can cough with a swear word in it but if there was a way to do it our next guest has probably figured out a way to do it but we can't see our next guest so just yet on screen we could but we could hear her we can hear them like hiding in the shadows is she there janine janine there 
I am there. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, can you hear me? I can hear, we can hear you. We can we hear can't you. See you. But we can't see you. Is, is your video oh, turned on? Hello. Okay. All right, let's right. go. Let's go. One second. Let, let's, then. Let, let me, let's let me, do our let's, intro. Should I, should, I do, should I do a little introduction? Should we make this a little bit professional? <laughs> I'll stand up for this. Right then, my friends. Joining us on the show next, we have a band that not only are going to be one of the first on the main stage at this year's Slam Dunk Festival, not only are they performing at the Heavy Music Awards this year as one of your live artists, but they are also nominated for not one, not two, not three, but five. Five-time nominees of the Heavy Music Awards 2023. My friends, show a lot of love and appreciation for Janine from the Kobe! Hello. John's just, John's just blowing up our microphones. There we go. How hey, was that for an intro? That was so awkward, wasn't it? <laughs> you can get a noise complaint. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm so glad. Like, as soon as I pressed the link, it just came straight to you guys. And I was like, oh my God, am I live? <laughs> Luckily, so, uh, we could, we could, I could sort of see you. Well, I could see your name. I could hear you. But you, oh weren't, my you weren't live on the stream, so it, could you imagine? Like I said, something really fucked up. Just, like, was on, on a phone call. Like, oh, do you know what I mean? Never know. Got to go on this fucking John Mahon show. I'm sick. Oh, fuck. I've I'm just cancelled myself. <laughs> what a bunch of cunts! Am I allowed to say? Well, we can swear on here all we want, Janine, which is probably oh. music to your ears that you don't have to wear it yourself. How the fuck are you doing, my friend? How the fudge? Are you um, doing? How the fudge? <laughs> I'm good. Uh, is my what's the what's the word? Am I like in time and all that? Yeah. If I, if I set this up right. Yeah. You, you perfect. Sound, sound perfect. I'm class, aren't I? I'm so class. First time. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, uh, this has been the most stressful thing for me to set up a live stream, but. Uh, we're doing it, so. Ollie's like a swan at the moment, graceful as fuck on the surface level, but his feet underneath I are just going. Have an absolute breakdown in the background. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Um, where it's are you, been where a, are you a, now? a mad few months. Been a bit of a wild, wild few months. Had a lot of changes and uh, life changes. And I think there's just a lot of existential crisis going on right now. With everyone I'm speaking to. Oh, it's, yeah. Tell me about it. Just, uh, <clears throat> Don't know why that is. Time, Obviously, time is an evil here. mistress, and we're all <laughs> just heading towards impending doom. But we gloss over it with shit like this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we Aye, just make a joke. Just make a joke and walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it is so wonderful to have you on our debut show. Thank you ever so much for taking the time out. And you said big changes just then. I mean, if it's if it's not too much of an intense question, what kind of big changes have we been talking about recently? Um, well, we we've moved like changed like up our team. Um, okay, we've actually moved to five B management. Um, awesome which has been a great, a great move for us. And I feel like it was, it was something that kind of organically happened. Um, and it is the best decision we have made. Um, so that's been a big, a big change. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, we've signed, we're signing a new deal, but I can't tell you who it's with yet. Ooh, but yeah. Let's fucking go. Aye, new, a new album deal. Do you know, uh, what Joe and bands are like, big things coming that you have, 
No, I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> big, I was, things like, I'm like, <laughs> big things coming, but I can't tell you anything really, <laughs> really, really mysterious. Oh, uh, well, we won't try and pry anything out of you that you don't want to share just yet. But what we will happily talk about is the fact that you're nominated for five heavy music awards, which is the perfect testament to how hard yourself and Hamish have been working over the years to turn Vakovi into the well-oiled machine that it is now. You're up for best album with Nula. Am I pronouncing that right, by the way? Is it Nula? Nula. Nula, sweet. Best UK artist, best live <laughs> UK artist, best production and best album artwork as well. And considering all of these awards, uh, fan voted and industry compilated, like... How awesome is it to be at this stage in your music making career and to be getting this level of recognition across the board? I mean, <clears throat> it's just been, I honestly, the only way, I mean, obviously it's amazing, but like, I just think me and Hamish should be a bit like overwhelmed by it because it's like, we'd never been nominated for anything before. Like we hadn't even been nominated for HMA in the past and it was like, oh, here's five. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, <laughs> don't do things in small doses. So, uh, I, I mean, obviously, it's, it is a great feeling because you do feel seen and you feel heard and you feel like you deserve to be here. And that, yeah, all the all your hard work is starting to pay off in terms of recognition. Um, but I, I think, I honestly think we've just been trying to kind of get our heads around it. But also, I think because there has been a lot of changes to the team and we've been writing a lot lately, there's new music coming very soon. Very, very soon. Slam dunk soon. Not slammed soon. Okay. Oh, I just got it slammy. Yeah, oh, I, I love it. Every time I'm like, see it slam, see it slam spunker, see it slammy or slam see it slam dog. Slam it's drunk like, is another one. Slam, yeah. slam spunk. Slam spunk. <laughs> oh, I thought you said slam spunk. Slam spunk's a good one. That's what we're going to be calling it at the end of May. Slammy spunk. Spunk uh, holiday weekend. <laughs> oh god. It's going to be like not not too far after Slam Slammy D. <laughs> uh, Tasman says, "I'm sure you'll you'll get this award for worst footwear, which I assume is for Hamish directed at Hamish. Oh, I'm going to be honest. Hamish doesn't wear Crocs anymore. Well, he he had this whole thing and it's like they're not Crocs, they're Vans, but they look like Crocs. <laughs> They're still birth control, so um, <laughs> they can be counted as crops. Uh, no, he doesn't actually wear them anymore. I think he has actually broke his virginity. I think that is what maybe why, but we'll see. <sighs> yeah. Well, if if you Growing end up, up if you end Growing up clearing up five HMAs, all five. If you take all five home, I'm going to buy him a commemorative pair of Crocs to mark the occasion. <laughs> don't you dare. <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, I I think like. Yeah, so I think sorry that I was I was trying to make a point and I just totally went in a big segue oh, there. But we probably derailed it. Yeah. Oh man, it's, I'm so bad for it. Uh, I think like, and I I do think it's quite easy to just get completely consumed by something like that, like being nominated for five and uh, focusing on that too much because mm. it's unbelievably amazing. But I think as us as a band, we've always been like, what's next? What's going forward? Like writing new music like we want to make our music the best it can be and represents us the best Hell yeah. uh, and it evolves with us so well we were talking before and i was saying like i've been a fan of your band for many many years now so long so Since, long uh, i was 
I was going to say, it must have been 2015, because people don't know, I used to work at SCUS, and that was I the first time, first time I ever heard Vakovi. we got sent the, I think it was the Boy George video, and I was like, who is this band? They're like, amazing, and I've always thought that you should be where you are now, like, <clears> throughout <throat> the years, but it's, it seems like now right. you're actually getting the recognition that you should right. have deserved for a long time. So. I mean, I, it's been a bit of a cunt of a ride, to be honest, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Uh, quite frustrating at times, but you've been through the ringer, like aye, like but who, we all have. But I, I think like for I think we've learned so much, obviously for doing this so long, and like I just, I, I, I honestly, I know it sounds really cliche, but I just think like if you believe if you believe that you should be doing this, this is what you're put on this earth to do. Hell yeah, do it. Like as as long as it takes. Like obviously fucking within reason but like i think if you believe it yourself then it will happen and you'd be put the work in and you you you're open to improving and learning and being unbelievably resilient <clears throat> i think because um, that's the thing i think so many people not even just in music or just in life if something goes bad they're like so quick to throw in the towel mm -hmm. like oh i'm done i'm out but it's, I say it all the time. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck this. This is shit. Yeah. <laughs> one of the every time. Um, one of the metaphor, like the things I saw the other day, was like the best shot in golf that Tiger Woods ever did, which is like one of his most famous shots. Got a big hole in one or whatever it was. But the shot he did before that was one of his worst shots. So the reason he got his best shot was because he had to. He had to make the bad shot in order to... He had to be shit in order to be yeah, great. he had to make this terrible shot in order to make the great shot. So it's like... And on the back of that as well, one of my favourite, like, you know, cheesy, cliche motivational sayings is you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And, like, some... Just trying to do the maths. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and sometimes, you know, those shots miss. Sometimes you do have to throw in a holy amount of shit at the wall before something sticks but yeah. in a band setup and especially the setup that you and Hamish have formed I think on a day where one of you might not be at 100% your dynamic feels like the other person's there being like alright come on dickhead like yeah 100%. I get it yeah I feel where you're coming from but this is a team I got you today and on a day where I'm not feeling it you'll pick up my slack as well how important has that been for you getting to this point having a brother in Hamish oh like my that? god it, honestly like the amount of fucking like i think because we are so close literally best friends like we talk to each other all the time because we're we're doing this we're in it we're we're balls deep and <laughs> we, like literally there's no going back <laughs> but like i think i think you have to you have to be able to respect each other and what they bring to vicovi and I think I think me and Hamish have always been like that. Like when we did first meet, like we've always had very similar styles and views, but also we have our own uniqueness, I suppose. Of and I, and I think that comes with a lot of we have different life experiences. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just. Well, to me, Hamish seems like the most sort of chill person you could work I mean, with. I mean, to be fair, like, he literally likes everyone. Like, it gets quite annoying. <laughs> honest. Like, he literally Come on, you hate someone. He literally sees the best in everyone. I, I think it's like a yin and yang thing, because, like, sometimes I just get really, like, I blow off the handle and I get, like, really angry dead quickly and I just get raging for no reason. 
and he's like the calm one and like let's think about this logically uh and sort of <laughs> yeah it's in just a like, kind yeah, of he's brings you my, down to like my, my rage but um i'm definitely a lot better now um yeah i think it just i don't know it just sort of worked i don't know it, i i do you know what i've never been in another band so i don't know have you thrown any crocs at him excuse me have you thrown any crocs at, at hamish i mean I, I, I every time he would wear crocs i'd put them in the bin when he like was when, he, like, when he's when he's sound checking and he's being a bit too I, loud he's like get the croc and just like bat him around absolutely. the back of the head uh, maybe maybe not maybe not physical violence but i <laughs> close very close um <laughs> but one thing that i did want to talk to you about and please correct me if i'm wrong but i could have sworn that i had a conversation with you prior to nula coming out that you said that it was or you didn't want to use the word concept album, but you said that the work, the album had concepts behind it and almost like a theme or like a storyline. Mm -hmm. And for people who, you know, they might be discovering you at Slam Dunk at the end of the month for the first time, or they might be hearing about you at the HMAs for the first time. And with this record getting spotlighted so hard at yeah. the HMAs, like if you wouldn't mind just telling a little bit of the backstory behind this album. Um, so I suppose like I think over lockdown like I just went in a mad sci-fi rabbit hole um, and, and that's something that I was highly involved in when I was younger like I, that was my escapism was sci-fi movies mostly um, and the the whole sort of concept of the album is, a, is like a colony ship leaving the moon uh, to Mars it's the first colony ship going to Mars Sick. because the earth is fucked basically um, but it's in, in the sanctity corporation this is like a big sort of capitalism organization i suppose you could say like elon musk jeff bezos style company <clears throat> um and that 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 is going that the, the whole so the start of the album is basically the this is the, the colony ship is leaving this is it it's going for a, it's a new start to mars um <clears throat> but I've, I, i'm writing a book alongside it um Damn. Yeah, so I, I don't want to give too much of the story away, but it's it's something that again I've always wanted to do, um, and and I did write a lot of it over lockdown, and then I'm I'm co-writing with a, another amazing writer, and she's also a scientist. Oh damn! Yeah, she's crazy. She's ridiculous. Um, and it's been so nice to just working with her and sort of creating this universe, um, because the whole idea of Nula. Nula was an alien that was discovered on the first trip to Mars. Is that actual, so, like that's an actual thing? Yeah, this, this is in the story. Okay, no, sick. John, oh. the, oh, so, so John was sorry, saying, was like, has that actually wait, happened in real when life? Did I mean? No, I mean, I, that's, I, when you first, imagine I'm like that, I, that's happened. Breaking news. And John DeLong was like, right. I, and everyone's like, no, I don't think that's real. And I'm like, that happened in real life. The government's just covering up, isn't they? Just totally gaslighting folk into believing that it actually happened. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So Nula's the first alien they discover. Yeah. So they discover this being on Mars, and this is like so. Just imagine the first landing of the moon. It's basically fast forward in the future. It's the first landing of Mars. It's all like being live streamed and all that shit. And um, science decor come across this alien who's a child and. They're just like, how the fuck can she survive on this planet? Like, we could literally use her as a resource, exploit her, <sighs> so that we can get humans to to live on Mars. So they, there's a bit of a horrific scene, and then they kidnap her, 
and then it's like 20 years later i think it's 20 or 15 years later in the book and this is when this is when it's that the colony ship is now moving going to mars now nula is on the ship but she's older now and she almost breaks free See, um, I'm invested. I'm and, so yeah. invested. I like. I want this book. I literally. I'm, I'm so happy. By the way, I never talk about it because I actually don't you know what it's a total confidence thing. Like I just sometimes think like, oh, am I just talking pure shit? But Mm-mm. it's actually quite nice to talk about the, it. The thing is, when you're when you're describing it, so it I can sort of picture it in my head. I can see the characters. I can. Like, oh well, it's it's. I've got like uh, there's there's going to be like some graphics with it, and obviously like. In the future, I want it to be a film or a series. Yeah, yeah. that's all to Netflix. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. That's the dream. That is the dream. But um, well, Gerard Way did it with Umbrella Academy. I know, I know, I know. Like Gerard, but I that would be sick. Like, so that they kind of that there's a there's a there's a bit in the album where it's like the kind of I don't know. It's like an instrumental break, and then this is sort of meant to be like the turning point when Nila sort of breaks free. That's amazing. Yeah, so it, it, I suppose it is, a, it is a concept album. Like I just, um, yeah, and there's, I don't know, no one, I don't know, know anyone's noticed this, but there is Morse code planted throughout the album as well. What is in actual in like, dot, Morse dot, code, dot. real Morse code? Really? Yeah, ah, little messages. Ah, nice little Easter egg. Damn. Little, I, I'm, I'm trying to like pure think ahead of the book, so like. It's just all these little bits that I, I think. Lo- do you know what? I love it when bands do that. Same. Like I was like, just about to say, as a massive Twenty One Pilots fan, yeah, like they, they yeah, on the Blurry Face record, they created the the Demon Law with the bishops, and like, I like it got so it got so much that like I as a dyslexic with undiagnosed ADHD, it, my brain at one point was just like. Ah! But like <laughs> with with ideas like this, I I've I've said it for the longest period of time is that like bands with ideas need people believing in those ideas because these are some of the most unbelievably creative people on the planet who have the capability of combining melodies with ideas and combining the two and you look at films films have always had soundtracks and those Mm -hmm. soundtracks Mm -hmm. have always hit at certain emotional moments to combine with what you're reading what you're seeing or what you're watching why can't it work the other way around where the music tells a story with the visuals 100 percent like I think personally, there's not enough theater in music just now. There's not enough theater. A hundred percent. I'm I'm not gonna sit and trash talk fucking the music industry now and say it's bland, but it is pretty bland. Mm-hmm. I think like, like obviously this. I I am I'm a massive music lover. I have got so many bands that I love and artists that I love, but I just think like it's escapism. Music's that's, escapism. That's what like, people create, buy into create, as well. Create, create, what did you say sorry that's what people buy into as well if you have like uh-huh. a strong like don't break like this illusion it's like yeah. you artists i feel like artists sometimes i feel like artists give away too much nowadays and it's like you don't have to give everything away to people like you give people what, what you want them to see and you want people to have an if you want people to have an illusion of it obviously you don't if that's not the way you want your art to be seen as that's fine but <clears throat> i just think people People want that escape. They 100%. want an illusion. They want they want theater. Yep. They want, and yeah, then I think movies and soundtracks is the perfect 
there's a perfect example and yeah and as you just said as well i feel like when fans fall in love with bands they go hunting for lore they go hunting for easter eggs they go hunting for storylines and you turning yeah. around then and saying that there's some fucking morse code in that record like, yeah. i hope when we start clipping I've this never, interview i've never said that I'm, before I'm posting it. i hope there's some vacovia fans out there like fuck after this after this <laughs> stream done i'm <laughs> gonna sit there on. and like try and like figure out like where it is i might even study morse I, code it's like, like your dad sells avon or something stupid <laughs> no it's not it's actually not everyone who's watching this after this just whack on nula <laughs> listen to some, to some random as dots. if we need excuses is it, is to it, stream nola is it literally just like do, 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 do. yeah so like i that. think we put some in i think there's two songs it's in and it's it's yeah that's fucking yeah amazing. you could write that's you could so write like cool. a breakdown in morse code couldn't you it's like kick drums is like do, 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 um but actually so when we did like the planetarium we did we, we did our album launch in a planetarium oh, yeah. and we got like this incredible animator to do visuals as well and it was all in like three 360 yeah. like what, 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 what do you call it um it was it was like such a special moment in my life i'm gonna be honest because put so much work into it and like the the whole like visuals he works for this really amazing gaming company he did some stuff on love love death robots and um scottish guy any who's called scott york i'm gonna just give him a shout out and uh he like with the whole like start where again it's like this sort of lift off and like it's like this feeling in the air that there's a new start and the the ship and yeah um sounds amazing i i just i think like for me like when i said at the start of the year i was like hamish was like we should do it in like a planetarium and all that and do this stuff and hamish is just like absolutely let's fucking do it so just seeing we sold out in 45 minutes like and we sh we could have done probably three nights but we just i just like didn't believe in ourselves enough i suppose but like just that whole night was so life affirming for me like experiencing our album with visuals and getting a handful of fans to to give them that immersive experience is there any way you could like release that in like vr or something or like we probably could to be honest like we have all the footage i never thought about that like we could probably do it on our youtube yeah um yeah i never thought about that um but yeah that's uh Janine, that's, that's fucking boring. awesome. Like genuinely, that's I'm so glad I asked that question because like I wasn't. No, so, uh, I, wasn't I, know, I, I didn't know what you're going to ask me tonight, so I've literally was like, when you asked me, but I was like, oh fuck, I'm going <laughs> to fuck this story. There's an alien and she's kidnapped and she's she's like really angry and stuff. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll be the first to buy the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really can't wait. Like I'm, I'm, I think like I wanted to rush. I was trying to rush and get it out for the album launch then i was like no i need to really think about this here mm. like i'm not i don't want to rush this i want it to be an incredible story i want the story to be there and i want uh i want to put the time into the artwork yeah, hell yeah. And, take your time on it yeah like, yeah get it I how you want it and yeah. not how someone else wants it to be in order to fit their timeline like yeah this is such a magic thing. idea yeah so i feel that's like that's exciting for me like 
I'm buzzing about it. Hell yeah. And we're buzzing to not only see you at the Heavy Musicals, but to see you at Slam Dunk Festival as well. And in terms of like Nula and the Vakovi set list, I mean, like, you've got quite a healthy selection of songs to choose from these days. No. And I mean, like, has there been many disputes between you and Hamish in terms of what should and shouldn't be in the set list? Honestly, I wish I could be like, aye, we've, we've split up and all that for a week because of it, but no, like, genuinely, like, we're just like, we we just, we just know, we know what works in a crowd situation and, again, like, if I, if I feel strongly about something, you'll be like, okay, let's do it, vice versa. Like, it's, Sick. How it's I think we're just so comfortable with each other and we trust each other so much now that... You've got a few uh, warm-up shows before Slamdog, haven't you? Oh yeah, we're doing like I actually think they might all be sold out now. I'm 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 not sure. Um, we have had. The, I don't know if you can see the fancy little ticker that's going across. Oh yeah, and Shikari, and Shikari, But you're in the you're you're, you're 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 in the middle bit because they, they <laughs> I think I put them in day order. But your warm up shows were in there. And when I went on your website earlier, I don't know if they were all sold out or whether there might be a couple of tickets. I think left. we're waiting. We're waiting on an update, but I think there might be like ten left from Mountain Kings. And maybe like well, I don't know. In the in eight. the YouTube chat, Bruce and Charlie are watching, and they say, "Best fucking band ever." And also, will Bruce and Charlie? Will they, will I know they... these people. Is that my pals, Bruce and Charlie? Well, they said they'll be at the Norwich show, and will there be a meet and greet? Oh, that's not my pals, but hi, uh, <laughs> my, my two of my best friends are called Bruce and Charlie. That's so random. I was like, ah, "What are they doing?" Those. Not, not these guys that I've just commented. Obviously, um, there isn't a, there isn't going to be a meet and greet. Unfortunately, um, we've just never really done done meet and greets. And I'm going to be honest, I I've got we've got six shows in a row, and I just want to try and save my voice. And I think yeah. I'll be quite stressed that week because it's going to be a very intense week for us. Yeah, yeah. So I want to try and like rest as much as possible and not like get absolutely steaming every night <laughs> especially when you've got wembley that week like is that your, <sighs> is that your first yeah. time yeah it's actually featuring scene queen, what is so. that i mean what that's mental in it yeah just <laughs> oh yeah as if opening up the slam dunk main stage on on the weekend wasn't big enough just got to warm up wembley first Oh, so there we go. Look at the bottom of the screen now. There you are, Vakovi. The oh, there you place. go. Yeah, there you right. go. Yeah, I'm so buzzing for those shows, like genuinely, because I think like we, the like the album's been out for some periods of time, and I think people will be way more attached to it. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really excited to play those shows, and we do we do need the the warm up. No, Absolutely. you don't. Like, I'm, you guys can walk out on stage and just smash it in your <laughs> sleep if you want to. But like, I saw you at 2000 Trees Festival. Oh, you you introduced On stage <laughs> with a bottle of vodka raw in one hand. No mixer required. Like you had a can, one can of Red Bull on the side of the stage that I think you kicked over on your way onto the stage. That was your one, like your mixer to alcohol ratio was so brave and like the mixer went out the window and there's you like just stood i've got this great video on my phone of you just stood oh, no. front of stage like telling the crowd just to get their energy in order and then it's like one big swig song starts like was that was that mr, mr. fridge shit. was that mr fridge show? <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> he turned mr. up fridge. he definitely got crowd soft against his will like he did not consent to getting crowd because <laughs> you, you rallied just, you were like mr everyone get around mr fridge Get oh my god 
that's one of the most surreal moments in my life because I genuinely, when I saw Mr. Fridge, the first time on the main stage, yeah, we played Trees and Trees, and I saw a fridge and I was like, am I finally having a breakdown? Is this, <laughs> am I this is, tripping um, right now? I, I've, I'm, I'm dying <laughs> because this, I just couldn't it. understand. I really couldn't compute why there was a fucking fridge in the crowd. It looked so real. It looked like a real fridge. It did. He taped like I, actual like produce onto himself. Ah, he's got like bird's eye peas and <laughs> things and all that. Like, so I, I, I think I had to stop the gig and I was like, but then you got like a is circle. Anyone else seeing the everyone fucking can fridge. see this. Did you get a circle a pit around him in the middle? Oh, I, I was like, get the fucking eye. It was class. <laughs> they had like the guy, you had these like fridge bodyguards. Like, you know how you get like the, yeah, yeah. the pit gatekeepers, the guys. There's always a couple of cunts in the pit. In the pit when they fucking, they're just like, this is their moment to shine, which yeah, I fucking yeah. love because I hang full out of class, but they're like proper protecting the fridge. <laughs> from getting that I'd take now. Protect the fridge at all costs. Protect them at all costs. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, because yeah. that, that Trees performance was the last time that I saw you. And. Oh, all right, okay. I was like, you meant I. Yeah. Yeah, because that was the return of the fridge the last time you played. Because you headlined the. Um, the act? Not the Axum. It was the other one. The one that's. New, the new stage? Mm. Was it? I think the it trees? was the new stage. Yeah. yeah. We headlined. Yeah, that so that was the last time we played trees, and that's the one you introduced us. It was John. indeed. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that as well. Do you, all right, do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on something. Like, I like when I'm DJing, don't tend to get nervous. Like, I did like Ball Masters Festival and did like the Silent Disco. That was the biggest stage I've ever been on. Didn't really have many nerves for some reason. I was so fucking nervous going to really? introduce you. Yeah, going to introduce on stage. For like, my brain was going, <laughs> yeah, but what if you forget how to talk? And I was like, Aye, introducing a living. Kavovi. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> you. Um, I was like, as long as long as I get in there, here we, here we, here we fucking go. They won't eat me alive. So I was they, like, all right. Aye, they don't give a shit. <laughs> if, I, on it, that, that show was, was so special for us. Like the energy before mm. we even went on stage, like you could just feel this. It was electric. I feel like you're like Aye. now one of the like, trees like favorite bands like every time you go back i feel like your crowds just get bigger, bigger and bigger, bigger or oh it's more just mad like we've got so many people like, how you no playing this year it's like because we've played it for the past fucking like I don't yeah, know, yeah. Like, we've uh, had our residency we need a wee break we need a break we'll come back next year Can't miss us if we don't go away i'm telling you now we're not playing it unless we're getting the main stage hell uh, yeah no. yeah <laughs> Our agent, our, our agent's gone like that. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hold trees hostage until then. It's like, <laughs> look, if you want the goods, you got to fucking pay for them. I don't know, man. I'd be nice to headline a bigger stage. Hell, a bigger tent, sorry. A bigger tent. I think tents are better. Yeah. Tents, are tents do tents do have that sweat fest vibe about them. Yeah. I will give so them I take that back. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely open up. With, we'll, 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 we'll be happy to discuss like a headlining the, one of the bigger tents. Hell yeah. Well, Janine, before we get out of here, is there anything that you want to tell anyone watching right now, any of the Kobe fans? Is there anything that you just want to say to your fan base? Um, I don't, I just get really like flustered when I get asked these things because I just like, I don't know. I just, obviously we just, our fan base is everything. Like there's no Vukovi with no fan base. So, the other people that are that make us believe in ourselves 
And I hope that what we do is inspiring to them to do what you love um, and believe in yourself and uh, it always gets better. Um, yeah, and I, I think like, I feel like once we drop some new music, like that's, that's it. Fuck yeah. Well, I don't know, but at that, how much I'm like, that's it. Then you're like, but what, what does that mean? I'm like, that's it. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean, Janine? I'm like, that's it. That's it. So, <laughs> you know what that means. No, we're, we're all go. New, 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 uh, new team, new, new label. And we just want to step it up and yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Connie Davis in the chat says, we love you, Janine, and that echoes oh, thanks. that we've heard as well. We do indeed love we you, Janine. We love you, Janine. We really do. No, I fucking love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, see, every time we, you interview us, John, at fucking any festival, it's just an absolute bomb scare. <laughs> like, we don't even talk about anything. We just fucking talk straight and laugh and... One of my favorite memories, I don't even remember this. We did we did some press at Slam Dunk with each other. I just tore my Achilles at the Heavy Music Awards. And it was me, you and Hamish sat on that sofa. And <laughs> we were like three of us crammed into a sofa that was way too small for three people. But all oh, three of us were sat there. And like the interview just went off the tracks at one point. And we were all just laughing and joking. And you went to say something. And you were holding a can of Red Bull. And you thought it was the microphone. And you spoke a whole sentence into the can of Red Bull. <laughs> and like yeah. it, was, it floored me and Hamish. I just, I just... <laughs> I just feel like it's a beauty of like you, <laughs> you as a human being, like you can just instantly like make people feel just like so safe, so happy and enjoying life. I, was, I love I was, that. I John, before, I'm going to start greeting. I'm quite emotional today. Uh, I mentioned before, remember the first time we did a takeover review on Scuzz and the, no, out, that the, was outtakes, the outtake reel. I wish I had it. It's somewhere in a vault somewhere. I so would any, fucking love to see that. But but we've never done a TV, a TV appearance in our lives and we've got this team of guys and like directors <laughs> telling us what to do and I'm like, can I swear? <laughs> there must have been like half an hour of outtakes. <laughs> I remember one guy was like, I'm, I'm raging. Do you know what I mean? He's like, because like, he's not better like today than listening to us talking shit and fucking up. <laughs> Anyway, well, <laughs> Janine, thank you ever so much for your time today, my friend. We can't thank no you. No worries. Congrats on the new show. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for being a guest on this is the very first the one. The debut so. show. So you're like, I, I, and honestly, I love the Forever, the Forever Louds. Oh, thank Holly. you. Like, you know your shit, and I just think it's, I think it's a great, a great coverage. It's great coverage. Thank you. Making me emotional now. <laughs> <laughs> We're all crying together at Slamdunk. I know, man. What we like. Aye, right. Well, we'll like? see you at uh, we'll HMA. Is it? Hell yeah, you will. My friends, yes. one time, make some noise for Janine from Vakovi. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> did I just hang up now? What did I do? Yeah, that's we'll, we'll, it. We'll, we'll transition. Yeah, we'll transition you. But thank you so thank much, you. Janine. Bye. Thank you, my friend. Take care. <laughs> oh, my days, my friends. What a soul. Like Janine, like Janine is such a one-on-one -on -one character. Like the music industry is a better place for people. Yeah, like she's just real. Like like Rao was as well. It's yeah, like they're just, just real Real people. human beings. And they make great music. Yeah, they fucking do. Holy shit. Ollie, what a fucking show this has been, man. Like, it's gone by in the blink of an eye. My friends are down to a If you have stayed with, with us so far, thank you so much. Yeah, genuinely. Oh, like, we can't tell you how much you appreciate it. And this, this could be happening every Monday and Thursday. Like, this is, it's your new home if you're into music at all. And, like, today's been very rock music heavy. We're not going to be afraid of talking about any genres. Like, we'll talk about anything and everything. Yeah. The lineup of guests we're going to have on. We're not just going to have people in bands in the future. We're going to have people 
people from the music industry on, like, you know, managers, PRs, record labels, like that kind I of stuff. I think part of the show is we want to, like, if you're into music or you're a musician or anything like that and you want to know what happened or, like, how people get into the industry or, like, just good advice going forward, we want to, like, showcase how they do it. Like, the yeah. people in that know their stuff to talk about what they do and, like, hopefully it will inspire you to follow their foot their footsteps as oh well. yeah and you know trying to talk to good people because the world needs more good people being platformed having good conversations and that's where endeavoring to them will be catalysts to the good people bring the good people to you all you got to do is just turn up and watch and to make sure you like and subscribe and all that jazz hit the notification button and yeah do that shit well ollie before we get out of here we got one last thing to do my friend we got to react to something Oh yeah. Yeah, we fucking do. Right, my friends. This is when um we get demonetized from YouTube. Yeah, this 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 is probably where the the back end of the stream really lets us down a little bit in terms of demonetization. But it's something that we were gonna do from the get-go. We always wanted to have reactions being a part of this. We wanted to be breaking down the latest and greatest tunes as they come out. And it's not, I mean, th this song's been out for a few days, but yeah. it's good. To, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've listened to it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's not uh, a live reaction. It's not a live reaction. Like you can't, you can't give me a brand new Bring Me The Horizon song on Thursday and expect me not to listen to it until Monday. Like when, do, I'm going to be honest, when this song dropped on Thursday, I went to the gym Thursday night and I listened to this song on repeat for a straight hour. Yeah. For a straight hour That's and it lot. didn't get boring. Yeah, I've, I've probably listened to it. Not as much as that, but but we're going to do a reaction to it anyway. The brand new Bring Me The Horizon single, Lost, came into our lives. So just holding that there, my friends. Like, in terms what of... What a screenshot to stop on, <laughs> Lovely stuff. Oh, I know how to pick them. So, the start of that song. Instantly, a lot of people said pop punk. A lot of people said that opening riff... Like it felt very almost like neck deepy kind of. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's got the backbeats are very like hyper pop, like it's got the electronic -y bit, but yeah, uh, melody wise, very pop punk. Yeah, and it's it's the synths for me, like throughout this entire song and over the weekend, someone tweeted saying shout out to Jordan Fish on production, and Jordan actually replied to that tweet saying that Ollie Sykes doesn't get enough credit for producing. The bring me the horizon songs as he should do and it feels to me that if you've ever seen that behind the scenes video of them making some of the tunes on post human and there's a yeah. bit where ollie was like i want an elephant sample but the thing is like he'll be like i want this sound jordan can you create it? yeah and then all of a sudden this elephant sounds in teardrops and you don't even know it's an elephant until it gets pointed out to you and you're like that's quite clearly an elephant but it actually sounds like an instrument and it's it's ideas like that i always find that great music is finding sounds that no one's ever heard and arranging them in a well, way the great uh, rick rubin one of the biggest producers ever a lot of so he he's done like Eminem, he's done like yep. Jay Z, did yep. like Beastie Boys, so many massive albums. His idea uh, was people, to start Ninety Nine Problems like, a cappella. He's not the greatest engineer, mixer, producer, but he ha he has the ideas, so that will go into the song. He's the one that came up with to start off with uh, the Ninety Nine Problems, the a cappella, <laughs> a cappella. So he'll come up with that idea, and then they'll do it, and it's like he, that wouldn't have happened without his brain. But then it's like, I feel like 
Ollie's that sort of person who's like, I want this. Can you make that yeah. happen? Yeah, a hundred percent. And like, and I mean, also his voice has got so much better over the years. Oh, genuinely. Like, I think it's, is it Melissa, the vocal coach that Ollie's worked quite close with and like a good few people like you know, Caleb from Beartooth. And like, you look at the development of Ollie's voice since... I'd say since Drown to now, obviously Drown being the first clean sung Bring Me The Horizon song, all the way through to now. And like, throughout the course of this reaction, just listen to Ollie's vocal range. My my ego is, is not, not my, my amigo. amigo. What a fucking bar. Shout out to the wordplay. Again, though, like I've said this about Bring Me The Horizon so much over the years, like Ollie's ability to find metaphors within stuff and make them like hooks that like you know like saying for example like the whole like drowning your demons thing i can't drown my demons because they know how to swim what a bar well, my what well, i my thing about bring me horizon is even when they were like deaf core whatever you want to call it back in the day they still had hooks in their music mm -hmm. it's like ollie's always been good at writing hooks whether it's like a bit before a breakdown or like a, a big like i remember ari they have no reflections mm -hmm. i hate all my friends that's yeah. a hook yeah and that was 10 years ago, over 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, no, no, not 2005, something like that. But yeah, he's always just been good at writing hooks. And like over the years, it's just developed from that sort of music to pop hooks. And they write better pop hooks, hooks than most <laughs> pop hooks. Dude, 100%. And then when, like, when you have that ability of lyricism and you combine it with like the production knowledge of someone like Jordan Fish, you can construct all of these like wonderfully intricate melodies. Cause like one of my favorite Bring Me Creations is, you know, that EP, which is like songs to move to, dance to, and like all, all the other things to do music to. Yeah. Like some of the sounds that were on that record, obviously like a, it was like a co-work between Ollie and Jordan and like, the sounds that they created on there and the way in which they like transition melodies into beats and stuff. It is what it like. It feels so simple when you're listening to it, but in order to make something like that, Oh yeah. It's so fucking complicated. Yeah. Like it, to anyone who's never had to like, you know, program minis or like go through and like work out harmonies. Like that process isn't fucking easy unless you're born with like perfect pitch. As we said in the trailer to this show, we were in the room when bring me dropped strangers for the first time yeah and before they played the song ollie just went here's the chorus we're just a room full of strangers looking for something to save us taught them that right played the song for the first time every single motherfucker in that room sung that chorus back as if it had been their favorite song for the last three months like that is the power it's an earworm isn't it it's like you it's you can hear it for once and be like i know got this. it Got it. And it's the same with that chorus. Like, I remember when I first heard that clip, Like I, I tweeted it. I was like, why am I this way? It's so his powerful. Also, his voice sounds so good on, on that chorus. Yeah. Just when it breaks, when it's like, Way. Yeah. So just a little bit in his, in his voice that's like, it's so, you can feel like he's he's meaning what he's saying. It's not just like a throwaway pop chorus yeah man and i i said it on post human i did a reaction video to post human that is actually available to watch on the john mahon show youtube channel and when i was breaking down teardrops the first thing i said about that song was that vocal run of where ollie's like so how'd you get it uh, i know like, how we how we chest out paranoid it's like that vocal run like where most bands might just stick to like the same pattern of three notes it's like he's going up and down a scale like it's nothing but you feel it in your soul when those melodies accompany the music so well going into a big chorus 
it just provides that perfect little tee up for the chorus to hit you out the park. Yeah. Well, this I think this one is like up there with my one of my my favorites. I think of same. I think out, even from Die for You and Strangers. I think this for me tops that. Yeah, for sure. It's my it's my favorite out of the three new ones, and like it's on course to be one of my favorite Bring Me songs. Yeah. Before we get into what is a middle eight, most bands would call this is for me. This isn't a middle eight. This is a build to a drop. But this, so this was so when it's <laughs> when it first starts building up, you're like, oh, it's gonna go, might go into some like dancey little bit, and then they <laughs> hit you with a fucking with a glitchy, glitchy breakdown, which works somehow. But it, it's like dancey, heavy. Yeah, breakdown. and this and th so this is this is my forte through and through, my friends. And like you'll come to know this on this show. I'm a massive fucking dance music lover. It's one of my favorite genres, and. Over the last couple of years, especially, I've been heavily into artists like Elenium and like where this inspiration for me comes from in this building drop. This feels like two dance producers for me through and through. First is like 100 Gex. 100 Gex love like big kick drums and like really sort of in your face offensive sounding synths. But Combine that with a producer like Porter Robinson, who more enjoys like the intricate details. And as you very correctly pointed out, the choppy style vocals and the synths and using the vocoders. And like, ex that's exactly what you can hear in this build. As Ollie just said, it's the vocal chops, it's the synths. And that builds like a dance tune. And then when you think, as Ollie said, you're gonna get a drop of a dance tune, Bang, there's a fucking breakdown. So before we get into that, like as I said, man, like the perfect build and drop. If if that was a dance music change, like if Elenium had produced that, that would sound amazing on his album. Like Elenium's done features with like I Prevail and like Spirit Box. Spirit Box on Shivering. Motionless in White is on the new Elenium album as well. And like that, that sound right there would sound totally fine on one of his records. But the fact that it's on a Bring Me The Horizon song, so there's some screams on the drop. There's obviously like the stabby guitars that Lee's obviously brought to the table. Like, this is going to fucking go off live, this song. Like, I think for the majority of us, the first time we'll hear this song live will probably be Download Festival, wouldn't it? Yeah, and that, I can't wait. Just like Connie in the chat, bring on Download, like... Because you know, Bring Me On just gonna go do the same set or same like production they've done uh, like previously. They're gonna do something yeah. special for this this year. A hundred percent. And I was fortunate enough to see Bring Me the Horizon in Amsterdam earlier on this year on their European tour with the Data Remember. And one thing I will say as a takeaway from that set, like I've tried to like keep sort of quiet about talking about that set because obviously watching it live, I was like, there's a couple of things that are probably gonna be at download here, and I don't want to ruin it for everyone. But one thing I will say is during that set. Big uh, country and western number, isn't it? Massive country and western yeah. number. Yeah, like they're going full Luke Combs on you. <laughs> I'm absolutely kidding. There there was a lot of screaming from Molly, but I'm talking the full range of screaming, like gutturals, pig squeals, as well as like the false fold well, distortion. He's, he's definitely got, still got it. We saw him in Malta last year when he did the throwback set. And yeah, that's just full on screaming. Yeah. For an hour. And he's still got, he's still got it. Boy, has he got it. Boy, has he got it. And going into the end of this song, my friends, two things I want to point out. Firstly, this dip where the instruments come out, just Ollie's voice. I love this as a production element going into a chorus. I just love it. There's something about ducking out the rest of the instruments, giving the singer that one you know hook and that is, one bar. This bit is end of Helena. 
by MCR. <laughs> to me, it gives me that same vibe. Yeah. It, it's the chorus, but just like Jared on his own. But yeah, it's got that vibe. Yeah, man. And then my second thing that I want you to notice is the beat, how the beat flips in this last chorus. So like, it's more break beating for the first court, for the first verse for the first part of the chorus and then after they're done singing the first part of the chorus they double it up and double time it i love that as well like shout out dave from mallory knox he was the king of doing this in mallory knox songs like he compliment mikey's voice so perfectly where like they duck out the instruments have mikey have his moment then dave will come in with the halftime drums and then powering it up into the second half of the song they double time it and it's 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 like an, a bit of like inadvertent energy, like subliminal energy that drums can provide as an instrument. Shout out the last line of that chorus as well. What the hell is fucking wrong with me? Yeah. Like to anyone who's ever been in that situation in your life where you are asking yourself that question, that line hits hard on so many different levels. The thing is, it's it's a uh, genuine. If you didn't weren't listening to the lyrics, you'd be like, oh, it's quite upbeat happy song but it is very sort of uh emo emo vibes yeah man uh, as a 21 pilots fan like i'm very well accustomed to very happy sounding melodies with the yeah. most like intense lyrics known to man but like but on- overall 10 out of 10 banger for me maybe nine, nine out of 10 oh, i'm going 11 out of 10 bro like i like gen- genuinely like so addictive that song and as i said like it came out on Thursday last week. I DJ'd at Face Down in London on Friday, the UK's biggest alternative club night. And shout out Face Down. Shout out Face Down. And I was DJing half one to half two. I probably dropped lost two, two fifteen, maybe. Every single fucking person in that room moved and every single person sang as well. Yeah. It was like I feel like it's an, it's an instant classic. It was a release, like an instant release of people being like I want to hear this on a PA system blasting out as loud as possible. Like, like let it wave all over me. Yeah. What a band, what a song and what a show we've had today, John. Hell yeah. Like one last note on bring me the horizon. My friends, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I honestly think, think you're bring alive me- and you better off dead. Yeah. <laughs> that is a bring me the horizon lyric. If you didn't know that. Nice reference. I think bring me are going to drop the greatest download festival headline set of all time this summer. You heard it here first yep. from John Mahan. Yeah. Best download set ever. So if it's not, then they've let you down. Yeah. I'll see you the Monday after download where I'll see sit in the pit, and look man. really smug and go, I told you. I fucking told you. I'll see you in the fucking pit. Yeah. But I'll be in the pit, but just um, <laughs> like pit marshal. I'm going to say in the pit, but just at the back, arms crossed, nodding. Yeah. I'll be by the, by the sound desk because I like. So you did do like a sound desk guy. I'm an old fucking. You know. <laughs> anyway, my friends, thank you ever so much for watching over the last two hours. This is the first of many shows to come. A massive thank you to our guest today, our first ever guest, Ralph Reynolds from Mentor Shikari. Massive shout out to that band. Massive shout out to their number one album, A Kiss of the Whole World. Thank you ever so much to Janine from Vakovi for joining us in hour two. Don't forget that Vakovi are going to be performing at the Heavy Music Awards this year, whether it's for five awards. I want to say the most almighty thank you 
to this man right here because everything that you've seen on today's show aesthetically from my graphics, from how this thing sounds to how it looks has all been because of this man right here. I came to Ollie with an idea in my head and I said, I've got the idea. I just don't know how to make it work. And I said, John, it's going to cost you. <laughs> he actually did and it fucking has. But... but. But honestly, this this has been so much fun. It's been the best yet. And honestly, bro, there's no one I'd rather do this with than you. So thank you so much for oh, not great. telling me to get fucked on this stupid idea. <laughs> See, uh, this the whole dynamic of this show is I'm sort of the dry, sarcastic, miserable one. But it's been it's been nice. Hell yeah! I don't get too worked up about anything. Yeah. <laughs> but um, thank if honestly, if you have stayed out, stayed with us for the last two hours, yeah. Like massive thank you. Yeah, this is our first show. I wasn't expecting anyone really to watch because yeah. I'm a pessimistic fuck. But <laughs> it's been yeah, it's been great, and hopefully see you on the next shows. We haven't really got any, any like sort of catchphrase for the show. I've got though. a sign off. I do, I've got, got I've got off? I do have a sign off. All that's left for me to say, my friends, is my name's John Mahon. Peace and love. Stay alive. Wow. Look at that. <laughs> Episode one. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What a great bunch of guests. An amazing lineup. And do you know what? You did an amazing job on that first stream, bro. Thanks, because man. shedding some light, my friends. Ollie has always been the guy behind the camera. Very, very scarcely the guy in yeah. front of the camera, let alone the guy in front of the camera live. Yeah. It's a lot harder to... When everything's pre-recorded, you can sort of edit yourself to make yourself look good. I've done it a few times in the past. Especially when, when, I've me, on, when I've been on camera, because I. It, but it's like edit all the waffling, all the mumbling, the arms and the likes, the arms and the likes. I say like a lot. <laughs> Same. <laughs> but um, yeah, that was the first episode. I was a bit nervous, but we got through it, and you I smashed it. And I think we've got better since then. Smashed it, bro. Yeah. But well, thanks. It's not for me to say. It's for me to say, and I will absolutely gas my boy up. My friends, that was episode one of the John Mahon Show. And if you enjoyed what you heard on this podcast, then subscribe, drop us a like, head over to the John Mahon Show YouTube channel, subscribe over there so you never miss a live show because one of the benefits of being part of the live streams, you can interact with some of these people that we're interviewing. You can drop them questions. You can throw compliments their way. Insults as well. Insults, yeah. We're uh, uh, we probably won't read them out. We probably won't read them out. If you want to just insult us. Just make it us, really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, insult us. Be our guest. It helps yeah. our algorithm. Yeah, I I love it. Yeah. I love it when people comment on the YouTube. <laughs> I love it when people comment on YouTube. Be like, oh, you, you talk too much. Oh. So why are you watching this then? We get, we get a lot of like, why are you talking over the song so much? It's because we're trying to not get demonetized, okay? I like that you, st you stepped away from the <laughs> mic for that. <laughs> Just to emphasize that I was shouting at someone small. Yeah. But comment, like, subscribe, yep. all that. Make Forever Loud your homepage on your internet browser. Forever-loud.com. So you never miss any music news. And we will see you for episode two of the John Mahon show. And can you remember who we had on episode two of the John Mahon show? It was Tades from Hot Mulligan. Great memory. Well, my friends, we'll see you then. <laughs>